This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God, you're full of joy, got the victory. Glad you can be with us this evening. We want to welcome all of you that are watching online this evening. Praise God. Hope that uh, your new year is off to a mad dash, baby. Glory to God. Upward and onward, accomplishing all that God wants you to. Praise God. With dreams and visions of what your future is going to be like and that it's a good one. Hallelujah. How many of you know that in God it's all good? Yeah, amen. Praise God. And we may have a few fights you know, or battles to fight, different things we have to deal with. But praise God, we win. Remember, Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. It was not possible, the Bible says, for him to be holden of the grave. Glory to God. And when he came up out of that grave, he said, I have the keys. Everybody say, he's got them. Yeah, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And then he said, so I want you, he commissioned us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Glory to God. And he mentioned signs that would follow to those that believe, praise God, and that salvation would be imparted to men and women's lives, that they would be changed from the inside out, and that God would begin a process in them both to work and to do of his own good pleasure, that we might be conformed into the image of his son. In other words, to be like Jesus. You can't do that on your own. I said, you can't do that on your own. But I tell you, if you'll yield to him, and if you'll begin to follow him, praise God, he'll do things on the inside of us that change us from what we were. I know what I was like before I got saved. How many remember that? Well, you wouldn't remember me, but how many of you remember before you got saved? I'm telling you what, we were a mess without him. And when you look around the world, that's, just, that's exactly the problem. We live in a sin-sick world, and the answer, the only answer, is repentance before God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, he'll fix stuff because he's able, amen? He can do more in five seconds than most people will ever try to do in their entire life if we'll trust him, amen? So let's open our Bibles together tonight, John chapter 4, if you would, John's Gospel, the fourth chapter. And let me share a, a message with you. It's been a while since I've been in the pulpit. I appreciate Pastor Brian, Pastor Glenn, you know, filling in the blanks uh, in our absence. But thank God we're back live and in color. Glory to God. You know, I've been well and I've been sick and well is better. Huh? Yeah, amen to that. So uh, thank God that it's under our feet. And uh, so my wife and I, have, we had a great opportunity to resist the devil and uh, But now we're on the backside of that, and we're thankful, we're grateful uh, for His grace, praise God, in our lives. Hallelujah. Let me share a message with you this evening that uh, um, I just really want you to open up your heart to the possibilities that God might have for you this evening. Amen. You know, another dimension of, of what it is that He may want to do within your lives uh, through the ministry of the Word of God. And, uh, you know, whatever it is that He may quicken to you... Uh, uh, about something that he wants to do or accomplish, praise God, just say yes. Hallelujah. Simple, you know. You say, what's the answer? The answer is yes. If you, have, you say yes, that's, that's just all you do. You say yes. Amen. Praise God. Because uh, that's where the blessing of God is. So let's pray. We'll get into what I want to share with you tonight. Father, we love you so much. Grateful again, Father God, to break the bread of life, to look into the perfect law of liberty. We thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father God, for your divine 
anointing, Father, to break every yoke of bondage in the name of Jesus. Father God, you said that we would know the truth, the truth would make us free. And so, Father God, we thank you for that truth tonight that we will hear, that will bring grace to each and every one of our lives so that we can fulfill divine purpose, so that we can do what it is that you've asked us to do, so that we can be the people that you've called us to be. And so we just thank you for your blessing, Father God, on this word tonight, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. It's a beautiful story. Many of you are familiar with it, coming from John's Gospel. It was uh, during the ministry of the Lord Jesus, uh, as he was uh, passing through all the different various places, cities and villages, preaching, teaching, healing, ministering to people. And you'll notice here in chapter 4, we're going to jump in... uh, Oh, verse 3, the Bible says that Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And then he must needs go through Samaria. And he came, or then cometh he, to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to a parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, or would be noon. Okay, about noon. It goes on then in verse 7, that there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And she uh, then said the woman of Samaria to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered, and he said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you, what's the next two words? Yeah. She, he said, If you knew who it was <coughs> that is asking for a drink of you, you would ask from him, and he would give you living water. Verse 11, then the woman said to him, well, you know, uh, sir, the, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Uh, from whence has you, have you this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob that gave to us the well and drank thereof himself, his children and cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This was a game changer for this woman. She didn't know it, but I'm telling you what, she was about to have an encounter with the Savior. And you know, when you think about her particular situation or status, if you want to call it that, I mean... It's a beautiful story of how it is that God can facilitate change in the life of any person. Everybody say any person. He can bring about change in any person's life if they are willing to accept what it is that's being offered. Now, you got to think about this with me for a little bit. Maybe you can relate to it in your own life, but this gal was of no status, She was uh, socially speaking, you know, between the Jews and the Samaritans. As she said, they were at odds with one another. uh, The Jews thought that the uh, Samaritans were inferior. So she was really surprised that she even even had any dealings with her. But did you know that Jesus doesn't care what your 
social status is or what your cultural blah 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 is or pedigree or anything else. He makes an offer to every person for there to be change to take place within their lives if they will accept what it is that he offers on his terms. And so this woman, you know, again, coming, probably this was her habit. She may, maybe noon was her time. I don't know what case was, but it was the same old drony day after day chore that, you know, she was responsible for. And she was just doing what she was supposed to do. It probably was a picture where there wasn't a whole lot of hope. It was just more maybe a matter of existing, you know, just trying to get along, doing whatever it is that she needed to do. And all of a sudden, this guy is sitting there, and she has this encounter with him, and all of a sudden, everything changes. Because now, her situation of hopelessness turns into the possibility of hope. In other words, there really can be a change that takes place within her life to where she's no longer just, you know, trying to get through it all and kind of going down the road of life with no hope of of a future. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes and offers this woman a completely new deal. Do you know he does that with us? I mean, every day that you and I wake up, praise God, there is a plan and a purpose that God has for you, and it's a good one. And I mean, for all of the things that we have dealt with, for all the things maybe we've experienced, from all the things, you know, that we've suffered, you know, in the way of loss and things of that nature, God is still ever always faithful to provide a means for you and I to be able to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Now understand, this woman had to accept his terms And there was a lot of that that she didn't know. She didn't understand. I mean, he was, you know, talking to her about a spiritual need that existed within her life, but she was looking at everything from the natural. Isn't that the way people so often do? You know, they're looking at this or that, or if that was different, or if this physical thing was, if I had enough money, if I had this, that, or the whatever, then everything would be different. They look at life from a natural standpoint, and Jesus was addressing the spiritual need in this woman's life. So when the rubber got down to the, you know, where it meets the road, you know, she just said, well, you don't have anything to draw from, you know, with or whatever, you know. I mean, again, just looking at things in the natural. And uh, he just says to her, you know, just kind of blatantly like, "Uh, go call your husband. You know, wow. Now, all of a sudden, we're dealing with a completely different kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure it caught her off guard. I mean, it was like, whoa. What's this all about? She says, well, I don't have a husband. And he said, in that set us out truly, you have no husband. You've had five. Guess what? Her, her average is not the best. Okay? You can say, well, she had issues. Well, that might be, but she may have hitched her wagon to the wrong train five times too. You know, everybody has problems. I don't know if you knew that or not. But I'm telling you what, people have baggage. They got messed up within their lives. And it's that very messed upness that God wants to change. It's those messed up lives, you know, that have made bad choices and, you know, jumped out of the pan and in the fire and did all of these different kinds of things only to have the same kind of result and only to experience the same kind of pain and loss that comes as a result of making poor decisions. 
But see, Jesus came and he began to address that need. He said, this is what we have to deal with. And that is the need that's on the inside of you for me, for living water, so that you can stop making the wrong decisions that you've been making so that your life can go in a different direction. How many of you know your life can go in a different direction? I'm telling you what, the creator of heaven and earth, for those of us that are born of the Spirit of God, indwells us. We have what it is that we need to overcome, to fix, repair, to have deliverance from anything that is in our lives, if we're willing to accept his terms. And now, you know, when you talk to people, you know, about, you know, their problems and issues and things of that nature, you know, God does have an answer. You, you do know that it can be fixed. Sure enough, absolutely. You know, and sometimes it really wouldn't take that long. But the problem is that very often, most often, probably 95% of the time, we are not willing to surrender ourselves to his counsel and to do what it is that he asks us to do. Now, fortunately, this woman, I think, you know, as a result of all of the things that took place in her life, um, she had an abrupt change, as did a lot of people. He stayed there for a couple days and ministered to those people and brought blessing into their lives. So it's a really incredibly beautiful story of how God can change but, uh, the life of a person. But you, you have to be willing. Everybody say willing. You have to be willing to accept what's offered. And I think a lot of times, you know, um, sometimes we're not always real honest with ourselves about how willing we really are. In other words, you know, if it's a situation where you come to wanting something fixed in your life and you're willing to do whatever it takes at any cost, I mean, where you just lay it all down. A lot of times we think that we're willing, but we aren't. Are you listening to me? Okay. I mean, when, you know, as a teenager, you know, being pitched the gospel, there were people telling me I needed to get saved. And I knew that. I mean, it wasn't any kind of a secret. I needed Christ. But to meet the conditions of absolute, complete surrender was something, for a while at least, I was not willing to give up. And, you know, when you start talking to people, you know, about their issues and what's going on in their life, uh, you know, you can't tell me that God doesn't have an answer because he does. Most often, if things don't get fixed, it's because people chose whatever it is that they chose for themselves instead of his plan. Because his plan is good and his plan works and his plan will fix stuff in a hurry if you want it to be fixed. A lot of times, you know, you say, well, what causes people? Well, arrogance, pride, you know, all kinds of blindness sometimes, you know, people, uh, you know, they got whatever, you know, going on on the inside of them. And, and the reality is we say, God, we, I need you. I think that's one of the most powerful prayers that a person can pray is to, to literally say, God, I need you. And to really understand and know that you do, you know. People walk around, you know, and they're strutting their stuff and this and that and the other. And all the time, they got all kinds of issues in their life. And they got, you know, problems that are going on and different things of that nature. Well, you know, you can, <clears throat> you can kind of fool the world, I guess, or the people that are around you, but you can't fool him. 
Are you with me? So when we accept what it is that's being offered on his terms, you know, he brings about these changes that need to be made. People say, you know, and, and we're good ones for excuses, okay? You know, you know, people say, well, I'm just stuck. Well, you're not the first person to be stuck. There are lots of people that are stuck. But thank God you don't have to stay that way. You know, we don't want to hang our hat on the simple fact, well, I'm stuck. And then there doesn't seem to be any kind of an answer. People will say, nothing ever changes. How many of you ever heard that before? You know, I try, but nothing ever changes. I always end up right back in the same place again. Everything just keeps getting worse. If I could just get so-and-so to da-da-da-da-da-da, then all my problems would, you know, somehow or another go away. Well, none of those things are true. Now, so-and-so might have a problem, and they may be a problem to you, but that does not dictate as to what's going to happen in your life when it comes to the lordship of Jesus and what it is that he said that he would do in your life. Are you with me? But often we buy these lies, as I've described some of them here this evening. You know, people say, well, my, my problem is this person or that person or the other person, or whatever. Well, the reality is, praise God, there is no one that can stop you from fulfilling divine purpose within your life and having what heaven wants you to have unless you allow it. Simple. Okay? I can't help how other people behave, but I sure enough can help how I behave. Can you say amen? So you have to remember that what God offers you is something that, 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 that occurs on an internal basis. You know, Pastor Brian's been talking about the fact that change starts inside or begins inside. And that's really true. And that's really what I'm talking to you about is, is where we say, Lord, I'm not happy with the way things are going on in this particular area of my life. And I want to have a, I want to see a change. And so I'm coming to you and I'm asking you because, after all, you are the potter and I am the clay. Now, I didn't bring my mold set, but you can remember last Sunday. It's a powerful thing where we place our lives in his hands and we, we asked him to make something out of it. And that, that whole par, a process of surrender is so incredibly powerful. It happened to this woman at the well. It changed her life forever. So there can be no more excuses. And so you have to take responsibility for your own, your situation. <clears throat> and you, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Whew. And you have to decide what changes that are going to be made. You decide. You know, sometimes we need to have an original thought. You know what I'm saying? Instead of everybody else doing you know, our thinking for us, maybe we ought to have some thoughts of our own. People, you know, they're inundated. They turn on the radio, dude, and they listen to this talk, shock jock and whatever stuff all day long, you know, and they're really not having an original thought for themselves. They're just listening to them going, yeah, I kind of like that. No, I don't like that, you know, or whatever the case might be. Well, maybe what we ought to do, praise God, is we ought to turn on the, the original book and find out what it is that it has to say and start listening to him. Are you listening to me? 
Because a lot of that stuff, and I'm not saying that any of it's good, bad, or ugly, or whatever the case might be, but I think you get the point, you know. Because the thing of it is, is that people will uh, live within the problems that they have thinking that they can't, that there can't somehow or another they're, they're, uh, bring about change, and that's not true. People can have a, a better marriage if they want one, you know, but you've got to be committed to it. Okay, we're going to have a date night once a week, and we're going to do things differently this way, or we're going to, you know, have devotions that relate to, and we're going to get in this class, you know, where Tom Bates is teaching on family life and blessed families and things. I mean, you know, there's, there are things that can be done if people are willing to do them. But most of the time, you know, people say, well, I just can't do that. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I think what you have to do is you have to decide the things that are really important in your life, and you got to make those things the priority that you have and, and eliminate uh, some. I was just having a conversation with somebody about this today. They were, gonna, they were talking about how they were going to, you know, have to add this into their life. And I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe we ought to get rid of something. You know, too many things are too important. You know, and at the end of the day, there are only a few things that are really important and primarily relationships with God and with your spouse and your kids, family, and so on and so forth. Amen? So, um, and here's the reason why this is um, possible, because of the one who lives in you. You know, a lot of people, again, they'll say, well, I can't, you know, I've done this before, you know, and it just doesn't seem to work or it doesn't work or whatever. Well, maybe you're the one that's been trying to do the working instead of allowing him to be the one that's doing the working. Amen? Y'all still glad you came tonight? That My title of my message is Facilitating Change in Your Life. Nobody's going to change your life for you. Now, God will help you, and he will you know, empower you to be able to bring about the changes. But if you don't do something different, then nothing is ever going to be any different, you know, and you'll just be chasing your tail. And thank God we don't have to do that. I don't know about you, but you get dizzy doing that. Are you listening to me? You know, the apostle Paul said, I can. Everybody say, I can. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So whatever it is that we face as a challenge, whatever it is that we might be dealing with, thank God with him we can be successful. It's just like, you know, when he, he offers the same thing to all of us every day of our lives, just like he did this woman. You know, he said, I'll, I'll give you living water. I'll give you a better life. I'll give you peace. I'll give you hope. I'll give you a reason to live. I'll help you so that you can have meaning in your life. So what do you want to do? You know, a lot of folks, you know, they'll say, well, you know, it's this or this, that, or it's the what. No, 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 no. No, that all stops. And we, we, we stop saying things that we hang our lives on and make excuse for. Because he came and offered this woman something, she had to take it. And the same thing's true where your life is concerned. You know, you don't have to live with discouragement. You don't have to live being oppressed and depressed. You don't have to be unhappy with your life. 
These are things that can change. Why? Because of the greater one that's on the inside of you. Praise God, the all-conquering one who came, praise God, for you and me so that we could have the kind of life that he wants us to have. But there are things that we have to do. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there are decisions that have to be made. There are disciplines within our lives that have to be practiced. Turn with me to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, if you would, please. 2 Peter chapter 1. Notice this with me. Um, In verse 1, Peter is writing as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ to those that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now notice verse 3. Seeing that, one translation says, or according as his divine power. Now everybody say his divine power. Excuse me again. His divine power has given unto us all things or everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. Everyone say, I've got it. See, he has provided it for you. But when you say, well, but I can't, or I don't know, and I never this, and it never that, and it never changes, and all, you're, you're going against what it is that the Bible says that's been provided for you. He said that he has given to you or us all things, everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that's called us, glory to God, to glory and to virtue. In other words, there's a life that he's called us to that is not defeated. It's not, you know, walking around, moping around, unhappy, you know, and just, you know, always feeling the victim kind of thing. He's called us to glory and to virtue so that the world around you can see your life and say, dude, that is something different. Those people are genuinely happy. Those people are full of joy. Those people aren't filled with worry and care. And it's, the reason is, is because we see something different. We know something different. We have something different. Everything that we need, according to his power, that pertains to life and godliness. Everybody say, I got it. See, you've got it. You have what you need. And it's so important for us to understand that. It goes on then to say, Whereby, in verse 4, are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, so that these, or by these, we can be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Besides this, giving diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, hallelujah, and knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and abound, For if these things be in you and abound, for if these things be in you and abound, they will make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
But he that lacks these things is blind, can't see afar off, forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And so an interest shall be ministered into, uh, unto you abundantly into his everlasting kingdom, the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, I like that future. I said that future's bright. I think, I, you know, we might as well just have a sum of that. Come on. Praise God. And he said, you know, because of his divine uh, power, he's given us everything that we need to live a life of godliness and virtue because of the power that works on the inside of us. Everybody say, I got it. You've got it. Glory to God. You have what you need. The devil's been lying to people for so long. Well, no, it ain't never going to change. I mean, if it would have changed, you know, if it was going to change, it would have changed. It hasn't changed, so it ain't going to change. It's always going to be the same way. It's always going to be this. It's always going to be that. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. And I tell you what, when you believe the lie, you empower the liar. And you got to put a stop to what it is that you're entertaining when it comes to your life and the plans that God has for you. Hallelujah. And if you do, things will be different. Turn to 1 Peter chapter uh, 2. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Just back up just a little bit there. Notice something Peter wrote in his first letter that he had written to them. Uh, let's start with verse um, 7. He says, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. How many believers do we have here tonight? Okay, how many of you believe he's precious? Come on now. Now notice again, he says again in verse 7, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But to them that are disobedient, well, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same has been made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. I'm telling you, there are a lot of folk that are in for a rude awakening that have spoken disparagingly about our King, our Lord, and our Savior. And He's coming to make things right. And He is going to be the one, praise God, that exercises dominion and judgment upon this corrupt, lost, arrogant, foolish world. And he's going to do it with grand style. So you and I, praise God, never ever have to be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he will make it happen. And he will grind them like a mill. Are you listening to me? So we have nothing to be discouraged about. We have nothing to be in despair about because of who it is that we know. Now notice it goes on here. All of a sudden, I got off on myself here a little bit. But notice what it says here. Um, in verse 9, he says, But you, everybody say me. Yeah, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nature, a purchased people. Hallelujah, that you should show forth the praises or virtues of him that's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now you're the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but thank God now you have. Everybody say, thank God for his mercy. 
See, we have his mercy. Glory to God. And he has made us a royal priesthood unto himself. Glory to God. But how do you see yourself? Weak, defeated, never having any answers, never having any victory, always going through life, bumming, you know, because of this or that or the other or the whatever. So, so there's a decision you have to make. All right? You know, it's pretty simple, but it's powerful. You just got to, I mean, you know, really, if there's just one thing that you can look at that'll help you, that would be this, that you're going to change the way you think by renewing your mind to the Word of God. I mean, in other words, if there's one thing that I can point as a path, if there's one thing I can point a person in the direction toward that will help them out of whatever it is that's going on in their life, it's to get them to change the way they think. You have to stop parking by your past failures or losses or all of the things you know that have gone on in your past and and let that be the excuse for why your life is messed up now. Stop it. It doesn't do anybody any good, especially you. It's time to move on. You say, well, I can't. That's a lie. Don't tell me that you can't, because I know that if the greater one dwells in you, you can. Amen. I'm I'm living witness that your life can change if you're willing to let God lead you out and forget what it is that's behind. Are you with me? Now, it takes some decision-making you know, but at the end of the day, this is the primary decision that people make, need to make, and that's to change the way you think. I mean, when I got saved, the first thing I realized is, is my thinking's jacked. It's not, you know, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the way of the world. It's the way the world thinks. And God says, you got to stop thinking the way they think. You know, I use the example all the time. I, I, I went to the bar all the time because that's what people do. We go to the bar, we party, you know, we spend all of our money, and then we go and figure out how we're going to make a living for the rest of the week. And, you know, that's just kind of what we do. Well, when I'm in the bar and the Spirit of God's on the inside of me, He says, you don't belong here. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is what I've been doing. I mean, no, He says, you don't belong here. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me. Lightning Mikey. Um... I don't belong here. So I got to get a clue. And I got to tell myself, you know what? This is over. And I walked out the door and never went back. And of course, again, you know, a lot of folk, you know, they speak disparagingly about it and all this and that and the other. But dude, I want God's best. I want his life. I want what he came and paid a price for so that I can live. I'm not going to listen to the devil. I'm not going to listen to the world. I'm not going to listen to what the, you know, whoever's saying whatever. <clears throat> I can no longer take my lead from the world. Okay? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to please them. You can't appease the world if your life depended on it. Are you with me? And they'll mock you and they criticize you and all this. But I mean all the carnal thinking and everything like that, it's got to change. I can't think like the world thinks. I can't behave like the world behaves and expect a divine um, uh, result. Okay? You know, when Paul was writing there in Ephesians, you know, he, he talked about 
people putting away lying and uh, stop cheating and all of these different, put on the new man, which is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Get rid of corrupt communication, excuse me, that comes out of your mouth. You know, but rather that which is good to the use of it. So these are things that I decided I'm going to do. And that's not God. That's, that's not right. That's not righteous. And that certainly isn't holy. And it certainly isn't doing any good to the person that I'm communicating it to. So I stop it. I said, I stop it. Praise God. You know? And so, <laughs> in God good. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So I stop lying. I stop cheating. You know, people say, well, can't I just cheat a little bit? No. <laughs> a little bit? No. You, you stop that, you know. You know, sometimes people, they, 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 they have to stop carrying a judgmental attitude. You're not everybody's judge. I know that you're wonderful. And I know, praise God, you know, that there's nobody like you in all the earth. But you are not God. Just thought I'd mention it. Or to allow jealousy and envy to, 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 to reside within you. All of these kinds of emotions come up in people's lives. Oh, look at that. Look at them. Look at whatever. Look. Look, 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 look. You know? Now, you got one of two choices. You can be envious. You can be jealous. Or you can say, well, who do they think they are? I mean, you know... God only knows what the line of thinking is, or you can change your way of thinking and you just say, you know what, not my circus, not my monkeys, and I'm not going to be a part of that. Are you with me? Why? Because it's unhealthy, it's unholy, it's unrighteous, and you're the one that ends up losing in the deal. And I, I, I decided a long time ago, you know, that if people were doing well and that they were being blessed and things like that of that nature, I would just say, man, I'm in that line. I'm going to get in that line. I'm not going to be envious because of whatever it is, you know, that's going on in their life. You know, especially if they're ungodly, I could care less. But you understand the point. So everyone lives, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in different ways. And, a lot of, a lot, and there's Christians they think, well, you know, I, I live this way, I love that, I, I got this dirt in my life, you know, so like, uh, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is that it will kill, steal, and destroy. End of the story. It, you know, people think they get by with stuff. You don't get by with stuff, dude. You just don't, you know, and it lives in your you know, life, and then you can't understand why you got habitual, continual problems here, there, and everywhere else. Dude, you got the door wide open to the devil. And he wants you to keep that door open so he can keep doing his dirt in your life. You say, yeah, but you know what you're asking us, Pastor? I mean, that's just way past, you know, my ability. Yes, it is. But it is not past his ability. Glory to God. Because he will empower you and help you. <clears throat> but when opportunities come, you have to walk away. You know, people come out of a, a party lifestyle, different things like that. And they got, you know, friends that are still in the world. And they still kind of got a hook in them one way or another, you know. And pretty soon, you know, they give them a call. Come on, man, let's go party. You know, let's do this. We're going we're gonna to do this. Remember when we did this and all that? And it's bait. It's bait. 
And you have to have the, the fortitude to say, no, man, dude, that's not the way I live my life anymore. Oh, come on, come on. You know, you can blah, 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 you know, and they, they do whatever it is that they do. You say, no, man, I'm out. I'm not going to stick my foot in a trap because that's exactly what it is. But a lot of times people will buy in and they go ahead. And they go do their party thing and the next day they realize how foolish they were and maybe they spent all kinds of money that they didn't have in the first place and now we're trying to figure out how we're going to you know, rob Peter to pay Paul and make ends meet and all this. And God all along is trying to get them to a place where they can live independently, but they opened up the door. Does that make sense to you? So you have to shut the door, and you just have to say, no, we're not doing that anymore. See it for what it is, because I'm telling you this much about it, it's nothing but a trap that leads to destruction. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, we won't take time to go there, but you're familiar with it. It says, uh, um, what does it say? Be, be not, yeah, there you go. Be not conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. In other words, renewing your mind to the Word of God is what helps you understand the truth of God's Word. And one of the greatest enemies of human achievement and fulfillment, you ready for this, is your attitude. Well, I just can't do that. Well, first of all, we, we've already talked about the fact we're going to stop saying that, right? And we're going to say, yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But your attitude, you guys, is such a powerful thing. And protecting it is so important. Are you all doing all right? Okay, it's so important for you to, to protect your attitude. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the issues of life. If, if stuff you're listening to or entertaining doesn't put something in you, shut it off. Are you listening to me? And find something that is going to contribute to your success. You know, most of you know I'm a pilot, and there's a striking similarity we have in the cockpit, there's six essential instruments that you're watching, you know, when it comes to the orientation of the plane as it relates to the ground and flying and level and all that. And one of these things is called an attitude indicator. And it sits right in the middle of everything. And it sits there in the middle for a purpose. And that is because it is the most important instrument on the entire panel. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that's on there, you know, and we don't have time to get into all of that. But that attitude indicator determines whether or not you're going up or down or sideways or whatever. Now, here's the thing. When you can see outside the airplane, you can pretty much decide whether you're flying level, up, down, or you know, going sideways or whatever. But if you fly into the clouds, you cannot, you have no reference whatsoever. And it's statistically been proven that when a pilot that doesn't know how to fly by the instruments flies into that, he has about 96 seconds and he will be totally without a clue as to whether he's flying upside down, right side up, turning, going straight, climbing, anything. 
He's lost. Are you with me? <clears throat> so an attitude indicator, you know, like when, when we're flying, the thing of it is, is that, you know, when we come up off of the runway, the first thing that you want to have happen is, is you want to see this little dot climb up on the horizon to about five degrees or six or whatever. Why? Because altitude is your friend. And if you don't have it, you're just lost. So you want, an, you want a positive climb from the time that you get up off of the ground. And so there are other things, you know, that play into that and so on and so forth. But at the same time, it also tells you whether your wings are level. It'll tell you whether you're pitched or whatever the case might be. That one instrument. Well, your attitude in life is the same way. If you don't take care of that thing and make sure that you protect it, then the devil will take it and he'll try to corkscrew you into the ground. And the, and the thing of it is, is basically a lot of it's just, it's lies, it's nonsense, it's not true, and it's negative. Everything in the world in which you look at, for the most part, these days that we, I mean, I don't know, you know, the whole, uh, you know, usually uh, at the end of the evening news, they'll have, what, a two and a half second segment or something like that of quote-unquote good news, and I don't even know if it's that good, but anyway. Why? Because the other 24 minutes is nothing but junk. Are you listening to me? So, your mind has to be protected. And I know, to close, because we ran out of time here this evening, but, you know, we're all dealing with stuff, okay? Um, you know, in some people's lives, it's, you know, it might be relational, uh, it may be personal, it may be financial, it could be you know, it can be loneliness, it can be despair, you know, I mean, you name it. I mean, the list is long. And we all have these different battles that we're having to deal with, but thank God, no matter what that battle is, He wants you to win. And He wants you to succeed. So you just have to say, Lord, I need your help. And you got to show me what it is that I need to be doing here so that I can get this thing turned around and I can start doing the things that I need to be doing. Now, you know, there's no, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many examples in the scriptures. And the Bible tells us that all these things were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the earth have come. So we can get some really good stuff out of the Bible where we can learn what it is that others did in circumstances and we can mimic or, or do the same kind of thing. You think about Joseph, all right? Here's a young kid. God gives him a dream, actually two of them. And I mean, all of a sudden, everything in his life is going the opposite direction of what it is that he had seen in the dream. How many of you would probably agree with that? I mean, he gets sold off into slavery by his brothers because they hated him. He didn't ask for that. There's stuff, you know, that comes to your life that you didn't, you didn't ask for it, but here it is. And so now, it, it's, now we have to decide how we're going to respond to that. And that's the whole thing. <coughs> If I can renew my mind to the Bible, then I can use what I know from the Word of God to battle whatever it is that I'm dealing with or I'm facing as a human being. So he gets sold off into slavery. He ends up becoming a slave. And in the natural, the reality is, is that from a natural standpoint, this guy had no hope whatsoever of ever having a life or ever seeing whatever it is, you know, that he had these dreams of. I'm sure the devil told him, yeah, yeah, so much for your dreams there, hot rod. You're going to be a slave for the rest of your life, and you're going to end up dead in another land called Egypt. Okay? 
So he goes down there, you know, but, but here's the thing about this kid. Something on the inside of him kept him, sustained him, and held him, and he began to rise like cream from butter. Are you listening? You know, butter from cream. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, he started to rise. Huh? And he got up on top of that thing. Potiphar made him, you know, the ruler of his entire house. Way he went. You know, the whole proposition that came from his wife. And what ends up happening? He ends up in prison. Now, there are all so, so many reasons why this guy could have said, you know, every time I try to serve God, this is what I get. But you know what? He didn't do that. And you can't do that. You can't sit around and sulk over whatever it is that's not been going right or whatever the case might be. Dude, you got to stop that because it's an adversary of the enemy intended to kill, steal, destroy, and keep you where you're at. And you just got to say, no, I am not staying where I am. Are you listening to me? Daniel was another one. Here's a young guy. He gets sold off, you know. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes down, lays siege to Jerusalem and everything, hauls them all off captive, and they don't have a life of their own. But you know what? He had a devotion to God, and he believed God. And, and again, you can read this story where he's in a land that's not his own, but he ends up again rising to the top. And God shows favor upon his life and gives him wisdom and grants him visions and all of these different kinds of things. And so even though he was in the mess because of what he chose, how he chose to respond is what determined whether or not he was going to be flying high or flying low. What do you want? your decision. It's my decision. You know, if I want to, I can sit around and gripe and complain about everything, you know, that people are doing this and that and the other, or I can have another purpose. Are you listening to me? I can have another dream. I can have another vision. I can have a direction that I'm going to go, things that I want to do that'll make a difference in the lives of people or whatever the case might be. Or I can just park by, you know, all the problems that are going on. And there are a lot of them. Are you listening to me? Um, <clears throat> instead of allowing others to tell you how you should feel or what it is that you should think about, you need to decide and start thinking for yourself. There's a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. It was written by Viktor Frankl. Are any of you familiar with this book? Okay. You can probably download it and read it if you want. But he was a... Uh, <clears throat> he was one of the Jews that ended up in Auschwitz in the concentration camps. And he watched all of his siblings, his mother, his father, and all of them die. He knew that when they went down this line, he would never see them again, and he never did. And he was talking about the plight of the people that were in that situation. And, um, and in his book, one of the things that he writes is that Forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing. Your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. You cannot control what happens to you in life, but you can always control what you will feel and do about what happens to you. 
And that guy walked out of that whole mess. And there's a whole lot more to the story than that. But um, <clears throat> we're not dealing with that. But we, again, we might be dealing with kids, you know, and, and their choices and our unhappiness with those choices, you know. And um, uh, there are certain things, you know, that you don't have control over. But you do have control as to how it is that you will feel and what you will do towards in response to what's going on in this situation. Are you with me? Uh, I'll stop with the story, but when Greg was younger, I've shared it before, but it bears repetition. I was so mad at him because he was uh, being a knothead, okay, and going stupid in a, in a significant kind of way. And the thing that it, it was just grinding my gears. Well, in the middle of my madness, the Spirit of God showed up. And just let me tell you, sometimes you just would rather that that didn't happen, although I'm really glad it did. And <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He says, you know why you're mad? You know, and so you're, I don't why? He says, because you can't do anything about it. See, there are things that go on in people's lives, your lives, my lives, our lives, all the time, that we don't have any control over. Are you with me? But he does. And how you and I respond is going to determine the outcome of that situation. Are you with me? And so when he said that, I broke before God and I began to repent because he was right. Because I'd always been able, you know, to, you know, kind of make everything happen. Well, all of a sudden now I got a deal that I can't do anything about. And if God doesn't intervene, there ain't nothing going to happen. Are you listening to me? Well, thank God he intervened. Are you with me? So the same thing's true in your situation. You might, it might seem like you're in a helpless situation, but you're not. We are never. You know, when, when Daniel, when, when Nebuchadnezzar was going to kill every wise man within his kingdom because they couldn't interpret the dream, not only tell him the dream, but interpret what the dream meant, you know, and he's going to kill all of them, dude. I mean, that's a pretty helpless situation. But I tell you what, that guy, he turned his face toward God, and he got the answers that he needed, and he went and told the king his dream and everything about what that dream meant, and so on and so forth. So we're not helpless. Everybody say, I'm not helpless. You got situations that are going on in your life. You know, some of those things, man, you just got you to gotta turn them over to the Lord. And say, Father, I just thank you so much, glory to God, that you're working. And he will. Y'all believe that? Well, I've done pretty good, praise God. You know, I haven't preached for a while, so to get done at 8.09, that's pretty good for a guy like me. Let's everybody stand up. Did y'all get something out of this tonight? Hallelujah. Let's do life better. Hallelujah. Let's make some decisions to where we're not going to be the victim, that we're not going to allow ourselves to be controlled by this, that, or the other, but thank God we're going to be controlled by Him, and we're going to do what it is that He wants us to do. Pray with me, would you? Father in heaven, thank you tonight for your living word. I just thank you, Lord, because you've made a way in the wilderness for all of us that are your children. And God, I'm so grateful for everything you've done to this present hour to give us the lives that we have, to celebrate and rejoice, Father God, in our families and all of the relationships that you've given us the privilege to be a part of. And so, Father, as we unite our hearts here in this house Tonight, I'm just asking you to speak to each and every one of us, Lord. 
Let there come an encouragement within each and every heart. Let there be a prayer that comes, Father, from the recesses of their being that says, Lord, I need your help. Help me, Lord, to fix this or to deal with that or to know and understand your way about this circumstance. And Father, I just thank you for your mighty power. We take authority over the forces of hell in the name of Jesus that would assail themselves against the will of God within our lives in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you, Father God, for causing the horizon of people's lives, Father God, to get brighter and bigger and shine better than they ever have before. Thank you, Lord God, for helping them to be blessed in their thought lives. And not only that, Father, but to be encouraged by your presence and your love. And God, I just thank you for your working in every heart and every life and bringing about changes, Father God, that cause great grace and blessing to rest upon their lives. In Jesus' name. Now, while your heads are bowed, please, your eyes are closed. No one's looking around. I want us just to take a moment here within the privacy of our own heart to just talk with the Lord. You know, it's, it's one thing to hear a message. It's another thing to take it and make an application. And so maybe there's uh, an area, you know, like I said, I mean, it may be loneliness. It may be just discouragement. Uh, it, it might be a marriage thing. It, maybe it's a money thing. I don't know what it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But I just want you to just call on him right now and say, Lord, I need your help. Just let it come out of your innermost being about what it is that you need within your life, whatever that area is. And you say, well, I need all of them. Well, he understands that. Just let him know. Just talk to him and say, Lord, right now I need your help. Help me, Lord, to understand your way and to do things differently. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening these men and women, even those that are watching online, Father, in their own personal need and their private need in their lives in the everyday, rough-and-tumble, nitty-gritty, Father, world in which they live. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them and helping them and strengthening them so that they can be everything you want them to be, Father, and so that life can be what it was intended. And we just thank you, Father God, for your grace in every one of our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, guide us in our giving this evening as we receive the offering tonight. We thank you, Lord, for our church. We thank you for those that are serving. We thank you, Lord, for what it is that you're doing and going to do and how, Father, that we can impact the lives of so many other people with this gospel of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Bless you. And again.